Hello, everybody. It's time for another Saundo and Redders NDC ASD podcast. We're doing this on a Monday night, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as Saundo's probably going to explain to you, it's been a very busy part of the world in the Liverpool Plains with the Country Music Festival on in 38, 39 degrees today. First of all, it's a very good evening to a rather resplendent in pink D Saunders. Hello, Saundo. Good evening. G'day, Redders. G'day, everyone. How are you going? And ladies and gentlemen, get ready. There might be some interesting things happening tonight. I am warning you right now, there could be some interesting things said tonight within within boundaries. No, we're not going to talk about what Cricket Australia has announced today. That gets a little bit too close to the bone. There are other things closer to what home. Are they? What are... uh, just go and have a look What's at the articles about what... What about cricket? Go and have a look at what Cricket Australia has announced today in relation to Australia Day at the Gabba. That's all I'll say, okay? Uh, yeah, okay. That's a tomorrow um, issue. I'll look at it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so be warned. You have been warned, our dear listeners. Okay, puts and the first game... Uh, in sequentially in in the list is one of the things that may be spoken about. Port Stephen seven for two seven two, Maryland Maryland Mudrats nine for thirty nine off eleven overs. In a great game of cricket, Cardiff wait for one ninety two. The Gardens stuck it to them and roll out for one hundred and seventy nine with seven balls left. What a superb game of cricket at Walters Park. And the wicket must be okay at Walters Park. They're starting to get proper scores there. That's fair. After we asked some questions six or seven weeks ago, quite rightly. Great performance from the Scholars. And this is another game that Dee Saunders may be saying a little bit about. So you have been warned, ladies and gents. The journeyman, 138 of 40. And the Rose Scholars got them five down of 36.2 overs. A terrific performance. And when you understand the context of that game, you'll understand why. Merriweather are flying at the moment. And I do mean flying. Four for 125. Comfortably got the the old boys, the Glendale old boys, eight for one, two, two. To be fair, the old boys batted their forty. And after watching Stephen and James Pride bowl on video yesterday, remember I've never seen them bowl. I see what all the fuss is about and why people say they're so good. Um, actually, that Rebel spin bowling attacks as good as any I reckon running around. Gee, they're good to watch. Um, and credit to them. We had Stephen as a guest, but what Josh Moxie told me recently is right on the money. And then Waterboard. This is an important win for Waterboard. Back on the horse after a couple of losses. Six for one, seven, six off 40. And interestingly, Waters Bay batted their 40 and finished short six for 137. That it doesn't often happen at Jesmond Park. Um, we know that, the, the, that Waterboard score is actually a very good score for Jezo. We'll come back to that. Okay. I'm just waiting with bated breath for this first game. Port Stevens 272 for seven. Defeated the Maryland Mudrats 39. Quickly, Jared Moxie, a magnificent 144 knot of 103 with 11 and seven. Josh Moxie, 30 at the top of the innings. And down the bottom of the innings, in a real hurry, Brock Hawley, 23 off 11. Dan, a superb performance from, from Mox there. That is a brilliant knock. Whatever way you say it, 144 of 103, magnificent from Jared. Yeah, look, 144 not out. It's got to go close to maybe the top score in Division One in this competition since it commenced. I'm trying to. There's been a number of centuries score, but 144 not out. Um, that's right up there 
I'm sure Jared, I'm sure Jared will be able to let me know. <laughs> but well done. And I reckon Jared. I reckon there's a I reckon there's a Dan innings there of about 125, something like yeah, that. Um, Merryweather. Yeah, yeah. There's a Dan innings in there of that many, but um, yeah, that's. I will talk about a century later on, just off topic a little bit later on, yeah. that happened that no one will believe. It didn't happen in suburban districts, but I will mention it. Uh, yeah, look, I reckon that's just about the closest to the to the to the to the top score, individual score. Two for to Macaulay Price, two for fifty-eight, and Cal Beamish, two for forty-three. Um, Mitchell Barry had an interesting day, one for ten off five, and our dear friend Jack Campbell, none for twenty-seven off two. Not, not, not real good there. Barry's performance is actually in context of that innings is actually pretty good to go for two for two and over. To be honest, yeah, and and apparently I've heard that um he did his either hamstring or quad muscle, so that's ah. uh, why he wasn't able to bat. Apparently, so when they've lost nine for thirty nine all that in eleven overs, you think well they had twelve players, but Lucas Stedden had already been identified as the twelfth, the non batting bowler. Yeah. Um, and Mitch Barry was, yeah, um, injured. And, yeah, five overs, one for 10. Look, Python's in trouble early, two for 25. Lee Williams yep. always dangerous. He scores quick. And late Neville, he's been in good form. Uh, Jared Moxie, you know, he, he had his blinkers on. He was out there to do some destruction, and he certainly did. 58-run partnership for the third wicket with uh, his brother, Josh. And then, again, some wickets fell away, but that would have been just trying to nail quick runs late to go as big as they could. Um, but, I mean, you know, you can say what you want. That, that's one of the greatest innings in suburban districts of the four years that it's been around. Um, yeah, Mitch Barry, consistent perform with the ball. I hope he's all right. I hope that injury's not too severe. So um, best wishes to him and his recovery. Um, not really much. What can you say? I mean, seven runs and over. Um, you know, that that bowling performance just simply isn't up to Division One standard. And then in response to Mary Ellen with Mitch Barry as a DNB with injury, please note, one, two, three, four, five ducks, including a golden duck. 39 for nine off 11 overs. Sean Davies has been unbelievable. I think Saundo told me we have these chats on Saturdays, everybody. We, the great man keeps in touch. And then I usually call him on my way down, down the M1. Sean Davies has gone four, five, and then four, five, and seven in three weeks. He's five overs, three maidens, seven for 11. Quite astonishing figures. And I do mean astonishing. Top scores. If you take out of that that Liam Nicole made Nicole made sixteen, and the great man Phil in made fourteen, that sort of put that's thirty out of thirty nine. Um, yeah, amazing. No, now Cam Roxby, I might add, but just a tough day out for the Mary Ellen Mudrats. Yeah, and the Brock Hall is two wickets, and he actually bookended the innings. He got the first and the last wicket. Um, but Sean Davies just an unbelievable spell of bowling, and and what a a find he's been. I mean, we all he's a very good cricketer and a consistent cricketer. But he's been playing a lot of div two. Um, but I mean, a guy that you can call him, he basically come up and, and taking Jeff uh, Jeremy Kirk's spot, I guess, consistently. And Kirk, you love those figures. Shout out to well, old Jeremy. Um, but yeah, again, I mean, get, Josh Forsyth was the key wicket there. We saw he's got I think forties and fifties the last few weeks. Jordan Salimba showed some form with the bat last week. No one else has done anything with the bat. Forsyth gone for one early, and it was always going to be trouble from there. Getting Salimba for a first ball, that, that's the other big wicket. But, you know, like, what do you say, five or six stuff there. I mean, Campbell's you know, getting himself the Olympic rings, I think you mentioned. Bit of a duck pond. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I'm just wondering if Jack Campbell's mates are going to start calling the Olympic rings. 
And I was speaking to Dan about that. He said, what do you mean, Redders? And I said, there must be five circles in there. Mark Ward got that nickname on a tour of Sri Lanka many years ago. The tour that made Shane Warne, Greg Matthews and Shane Warne, bought Australia victory. But Jack Campbell must be being close to getting the um, Olympic rings because he's got more ducks in the last few weeks than I think most other people. And, and tragic to see. I I'm, I'm feel, feel so badly for him. Yeah, probably more time in the nets and less on the keyboard might... Um... Might help, but um, it may be two ends because apparently a one-armed bloke can win this comp with his eyes closed. Um, but you know, I would have thought that was a metaphor, not uh, actually putting it into practice. But yeah, you know, dis- disappointing. To, you've got to use that, that... to use metaphors. You've got to be able to spell the word. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at the at the end of the day, it's it's simply not good, and, and it's a shame we've got to talk about this sort of performance and this sort of behaviour in. You know, in, in you know this Division One competition, um, you know, the, after the game, you know, like players not shaking hands, uh, captains not attending captains' conference. I mean, it's it's unprofessional and it's disappointing. And you know, I'll say it because I don't really care because we we promote cricket and we give a pat on the back and a rap to those who warrant it. But I'm going to call out, you know, things that you know it, it it brings the game into disrepute and um, you know, people whinging and contacting on private message and saying that you know, oh yeah. We're getting picked on and blah, blah, blah. Look, the behaviour you exhibit is the behaviour you're judged on and no favours were done for any reputations on Saturday on or off the field. And, you know, I'm going to leave it at that. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cop the uh, you know, the gutless in, in boxes and that. And I, I warrant that conversation to my face as well because um, I know it won't happen. And going from one end of the spectrum to the other, what a great game of cricket this was. This was played at Walters Park. Cardiff made 192 of 40. Top score, um, the, he must have scored 1,000 the weekend. Fill in with 50. <laughs> Jabinju Mishra, 37. Rowan Muckle, uh, 33. They ended up 8 for 192 off 40. The wickets. Shanky Jude, the best name in all of Newcastle cricket. 3 for 23 of 8. That is an outstanding performance. And 1 for Stakhan Sharma and Gagandeep Sharma and Varun Sharma. So eight for one ninety-two. That's an interesting score in this competition. It's just, just above par, really. And the gardens show that the gardens magnificent performance from Muhammad Ali Shah, sixty-nine off fifty-five. Muhammad Abdullah Hamid come thirty. Uh, Harjinder Singh Bra twenty-five, but they just fell short in a thrilling game. One seventy-nine off thirty-eight point five. Jabendu Mishra had a pretty good day out. Four for 50 on expensive, but took him. Mohamed Umar, three for 26. Shafiq Syed, who's played representative cricket, is a good cricketer. Two for 36 of eight. Saundo, we were talking a minute ago about things that aren't real good for cricket. What a fantastic game of cricket this must have been. Yeah, look, the inner club derby between Cardiff Bullaroo and the Gardens, also with Cardiff Bullaroo. Look, what a great game of cricket um, at Walders Park. I said that whoever's doing the wicket out there at Walders Park, Hats off to them because there's well good done. competitive games of cricket are happening week in, week out. So, well done. Again, I'll give a pat on the back certainly where it's deserved. Um, look, and, and these teams know each other very well. As we've said many times, there's players in this Gardens team who have been with that Cardiff team previously. Um, Shanky Jude's got to be awfully close to being considered for maybe um, you know, John Ball or, or Summerbash because certainly getting the, the, the figures. I mean, there's certainly a lot of I mean, the, the guys in those positions are some very good cricketers. But um, I'd, I'd love to have be able to get along and have a look at um, him like bowling person because I think he's very consistent and that's what you need to be in this in this uh, grade. Mishra, yeah, it took four for six and a half and over. But um, look, 
the Gardens Royal is always going to try and chase down near 200 swinging. And great to see. They've, they've gone seven overs shy of 40 overs. So they gave themselves every opportunity to win that game of cricket. There's a, I said last week about them and the Rose Coles, I said a win's not far around the corner for either of us here. They're hanging in there. I said we'll get to the Rose Coles shortly, but they're batting and they're, they're showing some fight. And some other teams in the comp could really you know, show some backbone. Um, I'm very proud of what the Gardens have done and what the Rose Coles are doing too. App couldn't put put it any better than that, which is a perfect segue. Dan, before we start this game, let's go about this a different way. Um, I know we have to be careful here, but there's some interesting things that happened at Islington Oval on Saturday in the lead-up to this game. Are you prepared to talk about some of them? I would suggest nothing happened in the lead-up to the game, which I think Please go problem. on. Please tell us. Uh, look, again, I'm, I'm not throwing anyone under a bus, but, you know, I was contacted... Um, probably half hour before that game started with um, photographs of the wicket. And quite frankly, it, it looked to have not been touched. It, it looked like the markings were from the week before. This is Division One cricket. Now, I don't know if there's been a communication breakdown between whoever, because I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, so I'm not going to name any yep. individuals, clubs or companies. Um, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is Division One deserves so much better than that. Both the journeyman and the rogue scholars. I mean, that's the rogue scholars' home ground. Now, again, I, I don't know why the wicket was in the state it was. I mean, my knowledge has been pretty dry down there. Um, and and you know, you, you pay your registration, you know, you pay your insurance, and you know, for some, you're paying for curation. All you expect, no one expects a gabber wicket on day one. You know, mm-hmm. or, or, or a, a turning hotbed day five, Sydney, 1985. Okay. You just expect a wicket for a good, fair game of cricket. Now, I'm not saying the wicket had anything to do with this result because I don't believe it did. Two teams have played on the same surface and it looks like it was a cracking game of cricket. And, um, I, I don't I don't want to take anything away from the Rogue Scholars' efforts because they've put in a sensational effort. For a team that could, could quite easily be phoning it in because it's been a tough year, they're trying. They're out there having a crack. They're turning up on Saturdays. They're not carrying on like clowns. They're going out there and they're playing cricket. Good, hard, fair cricket. And they've been on the wrong end of, of the, the winning ball, uh, side uh, this year. Um, for Well, in, in all games. But this one, well done to the Rose Falls. They've hung in there. The journeymen, they did have a few players out, to be fair. Um, but again, and they're the first team that'll tell you, look, you can only play what's in front of you. If you get the bickies, you get the bickies. And well done to the Rose Scholars. Um, journeyman, I mean, the wicket couldn't have been too bad. They've batted 40 overs. They've batted their 40. Okay, a, sl- a yeah. slog, 138. That's the point. That's the point. When, you, when you've got three bowlers that went for 19 off their maximum overs, it, uh, for mine, I reckon under, uh, a, a wicket that had been was probably keeping low and probably jagging left, right and centre. And they've probably done very well. And when you consider the last year, they were eight for 99, the journeyman. And Alex Scott and Dave Sullivan have put on 39 runs for the last wicket undefeated. And they've guts out yeah. 40 overs. And Dan Saunders says this every week. You have to bat your overs. Okay? And um, we're going to talk about a game in a few minutes where it was very rare that a team batting 40 overs didn't actually win batting second. That doesn't happen very often. The figures, Dean Trajanovsky at yeah. one for 19. Sorry. Sorry, Dan. Just a slight te- technical difficulty there. Uh, Matt Labar, two for 19 off eight overs with four maidens. Tom Davies, two for 19 off six. Dean Trajanovsky, one for 19. So three bowlers have gone 57. Um, and a 
they they toughed it out, the journeyman. They toughed it out. And he replied, the Rose Scholars won this game because their top order did not give their wickets up. They took 36.2 overs to get these runs. Charlie Granger, 35. Matt Labar, 30. Ben Edwards, 16. And Corey Bruce, not out 24, anchored this. But the top four have put on a whole stack of runs and not given their wickets away. Scott O'Donoghue with the figures, two for 26 off eight. Um, just an amazing game of cricket again. And Rose Scholars, Dan, toughed it out. I'll continue on here. We're just having a couple of technical difficulties with the line. So, look, that's just an amazing game of cricket. It really is. Dave Sullivan, always as, as always, reliable. None for 24 off eight. Saunders coming back shortly. But you you with me with me, Dan? Yeah, mate. There we That's are. Uh, j- j- just saying that the 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 reason the Rose Scholars won this is because their top four all made double figures and batted lots of balls and 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 got their runs. Corey Bruce anchored it, but just a terrific, a very good game of cricket on. Let's just say an interesting pitch, but very well done to the Rose Scholars' first win of the season. And you know what? unbelievably, it keeps them in touch with the bottom half of the eight. You won't believe it, but they're actually outside chance now. Yeah, uh, look, it's good, good to see them get a win up. It's, you know, it's you know, journeyman like Still having some technical difficulties up there with the line, so I'll go into the... Uh, Cricket and uh, you know, I'll... still having some technical yep. issues with the line. Unfortunately, we'll try and get that better for you during the uh, the, the vagaries of coming on to Zoom. The next game, Merriweather and Glendale, and for mine, Merriweather uh, in ominous form. Glendale, old boys, batted their forty, one hundred and twenty-two for eight. Uh, Adam Fitzhenry, as Dan said before, great cricketer. He made 33. Zach said in 24. The bowling, Stephen Pride, two for 31 off eight. Jason Pratt, and one for 10 off six. Ben Troke, two for 15 off six. And James Pride, one for 24 off eight. A very good bowling performance. Excellent bowling performance, actually. Gerald Marlborough, a few dismissals, including a stumping and, a, and two catches, a stumping and a run out behind the stumps. And Merriweather got these pretty comfortably in the end. Stephen Pride anchored that 35 knot. They got them in 32.2 overs, which will help their quotient. And again, every batsman made double figures. They didn't lose wickets in clumps. Uh, Stephen Pride finished 35 knot. Rowan Kelly finished off 15 knot. And just a very solid win from a side that is beginning to look and is now in the top four, Sondo, uh, starting to look like an actual top four premiership threat. I'll say it now. Everybody will be watching what they're doing. Yeah, well, I think they're actually in the third spot on the ladder now, which is um, oh. yeah. Again, they've been they've been very consistent, and that's that's a word that you know going to use very often. And towards the end of the season, look again, uh, Glendale old boys batted their forty. I mean, the the I think looking at the the stats there with James Pride and taking the new ball, eight overs, one for twenty four, very tight. Pride uh, Stephen two for thirty one. Pratton, one for 10 off six, very economical. Uh, ben Troke, two for 15 off six. Like the bowling, and even Britty back playing, uh, no wickets, but less than three and over. And I, I dare say that they would have said very strong attacking fields and bowled to them. And because it's in a very experienced team, they can bowl the plans, they can bowl the set fields. 
Yes, they can. They're a very good cricket side. Um, they've won a series of games in a row and just an excellent performance. And again, good for their quotient. They've rocketed into the top four. And I, for mine, I think they'll stay there. I think they'll end up in the top four and get themselves a double chance. In the final game, Waterboard's 176 for six off 40 and Warners Bay chasing 137 for six off 40, which is most unusual. The match-winning performance, not match-appointing, the performance of the game, Michael Rippon opening 79 off 107 out of six for 176, a superb performance. Matt Herry at 27, Nick Dimmers coming down low down the order 31. I suppose the only concern is that Mitch Crone... I think the, the main concern for everybody else is that Mitch Crone is due for an explosive batting performance soon. He hasn't made that many runs recently, and that is dangerous for everybody else if he gets going. The male model, Jesse Ballenden, two for 42 off eight. Matt White, two for 38 off eight. Uh, and Simon Smith, uh, very good figures, one for 22 off eight. And then Warners Bay and Reply just couldn't get the runs. It's as simple as that. They ended up 137 for six off 40. 29 to Daniel Burns, 36 to Grant Reardon. Uh, K-pop ended up not, not out, but they just couldn't get the runs. It's as simple as that. The bowling was superb. Michael Rippon, a magnificent double eight overs, two maidens, two for 13. Matt Herriot, two for 28 off seven. Um, and James Earl, very tidy, one for 25 off his eight. But what a match-winning performance, Dan Saunders. It's as simple as that from the very talented Michael Rippon. Yeah, look, Michael Rippon's had a fantastic game. He was the backbone of that innings and batted quite deep in, in into that uh, waterboard innings. Yeah, he batted there 40, 6 for 176. Um, yeah, I mean, in trouble, Jake Miller has been on fire this year, possibly the leading run scorer in the comp. We'd have to have a look at that. Gone for a dark. Jacob Rippon going cheap. John Crows, I mean, three wickets down early. Cronin out. I mean, were they four for? Well, four for 63. Uh, but they've consolidated, and it's very encouraging. They come off the back of a couple of losses, and then they just got home against Merriweather before Christmas. That they've been able to come out of that slump, and with you know key wickets of Miller, uh, Jake Rippon, Mitch Cronin, not really scoring runs, that they've still been able to put on a competitive total. That's that's what you want to see. It's a team effort. They're getting it across the board. Um, in reply, I mean Rippon's. It's not only the two wickets he took, but look who he got: Grant Reardon. Is Warner's Bay's leading run scorer this year. Very consistent at the top of the order. Another 36. He always seems to get a start. And Byron Jensen, he got 94 off 70-odd last week in their big innings. So not only wickets, but key wickets. Um, yeah, of note there, which is quite interesting, and um, their captain, Steve Grimshaw, actually being a great clubman that he is. Yes, he went back and played Division Two on the weekend to help them out, so we're going to be short. Um, and looking at how the game's panned out, what's a 39-run difference? Now, his eight overs on Jasmine Park would have been very handy and his yep. late-order ability to hit runs. Um, you, know, well, you know, again, we, we, can't, we, don't, we can't go back in the past and change things, but the Grimmies put his club over his team and he's a club, you know, but I, I think that that might have actually hurt their ability to chase down that total and, and the total to get to where it did because Grimmie generally bowls pretty economical. Um, and, you know, ha having their foot on the throat there at four for six, so they may have been able to dismiss waterboard or keep them to a lot lower total. We'll never know. Um, but look, a good win of the waterboard. Consolidate second spot with Merriweather breathing down their throat. And it just keeps Warners Bay in that little log jam there with um, Glendale Old Boys in that fourth, fifth. And then there's, I guess, Journeyman and Carter Pulleru. I think they're now tied on points with Carter Pulleru with a uh, superior quotient. Um yep. Yeah, 
the, the, the results have uh, made things you know, just a little bit more interesting in Division 1. Port Stevens are on 38 points and flying. Waterboard with that important win on 34. Merriweather rocketing to third on 32. And listen to the logjam after them. Warners Bay 31, Glendale 31. There's a little gap to Cardiff and the journeyman on 27. Cardiff on top on question. Mary Ellen somehow hanging on to eighth in 24. And the Rose Scholars with that winner on 19. And the Gardens Falcons are on 17. And Rose Scholars are still outside. They've still got to win and win and win and hope Mary Ellen uh, keep on losing as we go along. Now, safe one this week. Um, now, if I can just have a quick a quick one here, please get your scores in. It makes it very difficult for Dan to do safe one when by Monday night. And normally we don't broadcast on Monday night. The country music festivals might, might change some things this week. But or if I can just ask politely, I'm not going to be smart here. Please put your scores in in, in play HQ. It makes such a difference. Um, Saunders, we'll do you'll announce safe one on your uh, page later on the week when you have some time. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, there's a couple of reasons, and and to be fair, the clubs normally by Monday or Tuesday let's get the results in. I don't want to go through and announce a winner if all clubs haven't had the, a fair opportunity to get their stats in. Um, I, I simply, I've been snowed under. I'm just flat out with work and everything that's going on up here for the festival. Um, I'll go through them. I mean, there's some very impressive for some big century scores, more than one seven. For it's going to be a bloody difficult decision as it is. Um, and I don't really want to half half ask it, so I'll um, get in there and probably by Thursday, um, and I'll post that on the Facebook page and let let the winner know. Um, but yeah, for this week, safe one, and we thank safe one once again. They're doing an extraordinary, uh, you know, like Hutch on the team supporting yeah. the podcast. They don't have to do it, um, but it's just that little thing that you know just you know, and, and it allows us to talk about all seven grades. Now, if we didn't have a performance of the round award. You know, we could sit here and just go, oh, so-and-so got runs and did two or did three. It was an idea just to maybe get some more engagement, try to be a bit more inclusive for the whole competition, not just Division One. Um, disappointing is, you know, a couple of dickheads out there. I'm going to say it, you know, poo-poo on that. But, you know, I mean, grow up, get some brains. It's fun. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, it is supposed to be fun. On to round 15, and it's, this will be interesting, they'll – that forecast later on this week in the Hunter and also where Dan is and also, um, on, on the Liverpool Plains is very hot weather, particularly Thursday and part into Friday. So there could be some dry pitches around. Okay, William Bauer Oval. It's Glendale Old Boys hosting Cardiff. Then the biggest game by miles in this round, Warners Bay hosting Merriweather. That's 3v4. That's at Fayham. Port Stevens, the Gardens Falcons have got to run the gauntlet at 1833. Oh, my goodness. Playing Port Stevens out there at Raymond Terrace. The co-tenants do battle at Jesmond Park, journeyman and waterboard, and then Mary Ellen host the Rose Scholars at Connolly Park. So very, But the highlight of that round by a long way, Dan, is that Warners Bay Merriweather fixture before we go and quickly look at the Summer Bash performance by the Rebels. That is a huge game in the context of where the ladder is. Uh, Merriweather coming off a string of you know, good victories. Warners Bay in some form, you know, hiccup there against the Waterboard. But you know, Warners Bay are playing all these teams that they're going to meet in the finals if they're going to go. You know, I mean, they were the minor premiers last year. I think remember we went out in straight sets. Um, these are the teams they're going to have to beat. And, you know, they've got such a great playing roster to the point they've got a bit of an embarrassment of riches to select that twelve. Uh, where Merriweather again. Very consistent. This game could simply come down to who's available for both teams this week, who's in and who's out, because um, you know, they've both got plenty of depth and it's that combination. And um, 
Yeah, look, that that'll be a cracking game on Saturday. Massive and again the West Derby. The West Derby, and hopefully the the curators put some get some extra water in the pitches. It's very rare to have forty one degrees in Newcastle. That doesn't happen very often, so it is going to be warm. And everybody, please be safe on at work on Thursday. Please keep your fluids up because it'll be terribly hot. On quickly to the summer bash, where again the rebels have run into a first class cricketer, but we'll talk about that in a minute. The rebels have kept the whips to eight for hundred and twenty nine at Carlisle in the afternoon set over there on um and the beautiful on the shores of the Pacific Ocean. Um, Toby Gray, as I said, first class cricketer thirty one. Joey Gillard now playing first grade cricket uh, and first and seconds for Gordon twenty five first grade. The we talked we spoke about this last week. The spinners did a great job. James Pride one for twenty five to four. Michael Rippon, two for 22 off four. Stephen Pride, the figures, three for 16 off four overs. Um, excuse me. And Dan, after 20 overs, the Rebels would have thought, wow, they've done a great job. As I said, they keep on running into Sheffield Shield players, the Rebels, but that's a great performance with the ball from the Rebels on a pitch that does a bit, to be fair. Excuse me. Excuse me. James Pride, three catches as well. Yes. Got to, got to take your cap. You've taken three of them, so well done there. Uh, yeah, look, they would have been very confident to be able to have one thirty as a as a as a target. AJ Isherwood as well there as well. He just had a big uh, carnival uh, yep. for New South Wales country. He did um, broken fingers yeah. and all. Sorry, he got two broken fingers on his left hand. He's still playing cricket, the lunatic. <laughs> yeah, and look, you know, um, one hundred and thirty. Look, a very achievable target out there at, at Carl Oval, and they got off to a good start. Matt Rogers, the importer, we spoke with last week, forty four or fifty two. Charles Manley, a runnable 30. Um, but they sort of lost Manley, then Badris, then Jared Moxie, and then Mitchell Crone at bang, 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 bang. Um, and that, I guess that was game over there. The tail didn't wag, unfortunately, for the, the Rebels. But look, you know, they're coming up against a very good you know, district cricket club. And you know, you know, when you're coming across the international, well, you know, first class cricketers like Toby Gray. Who just uh, played know, for the and, Sydney Thunder? Toby Grace just played for the Sydney Thunder, so that's where they're coming. They're, they're, and he took two for twenty-two off four. He's a very good short-form bowler. Yeah, and 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 this is great for the Rebels because they're going to get better playing against these quality cricketers. I mean, they'll take a lot of heart from that. Like, yeah, it's a twenty-seven-run loss. I mean, that's that's not a flogging by any means. They'll be looking forward to the Valentine's Day clash against Carl Stand in their number one sports ground on. Uh, what February fourteen under lights and um you know they you know they can't make the finals now I think that's fair to say they've lost three out of three but the opportunity for these you know suburban districts cricketers to be able to play on number one sports ground under lights with streaming and maybe even commentary that that's that's a fantastic you know and not not ma- not not maybe commentary there will be commentary that night oh excellent oh good good oh well that's the other reason why this week we're not also because I remember last week you said the podcast. It'd be a different host with you because, but um, two guys are going to step up both commentating uh, Wednesday night for the summer bash. So it's sort of be easier to do it tonight and get it out there and done. Yeah, look, well done to Belmont. Bad luck to the Rebels, but yeah, credit to the Rebels. You know, out there having a go and um, yeah, they're just playing playing for pride and, and playing for the opportunity. I guess you know to get selected to play out there on you know the home of cricket in Newcastle on uh, Valentine's Day. And just quickly before we finish up. In first grade in the weekend in NDCA, a remarkable performance. Muhammad Amir Farouk opening the batting for uni. 
made 100 off 40 rocks, ended up with 116 off 52 with 9 and 11. His opening partner, Simon Noble, made 145 off 116. Dan, wait for this. Off 36 overs, Uni made 3 for 306. Yeah, ridiculous. In all the good ways. And the, I, I was at JR Ron Hill on Sunday for Summer Bash for Stocko. And the, some of the people were telling me how, how far Muhammad Amir Farouk, if some of you that know the ground, he was hitting the ball into and over trees at JR Ron Hill, which is not an easy thing to do. So I just thought I'd make light of that performance. Sondo, I know you've got so much on. Thank you so much for give me, giving up your time in what is a crazy week for you. And I know you've got a few other things to do tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Quickly, uh, give us a rundown again. Times for broadcasting your station and the call and the call sign there up at 2TM, please. Okay, yeah, 1287 2TM. Uh, we're broadcasting literally 6 a.m. or 9 p.m. every day through the festival. Um, yeah, it's a who's who of bloody Australian music up here at the moment, so it's been a bit humbling, which has been great fun, but um, yeah, learning plenty. Um, yeah, it's been an exercise in professionalism. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> ben. Fantastic. Um, enjoy the rest. I know you'll be stuffed at the end of it, but it sounds like it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Look forward to speaking with you next week uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Catch up with you soon. Well, there. Thanks, Bradis. Cheers, mate. On behalf of Dan Saunders, this is David Redden. Enjoy your cricket. Look, take care. Keep cool. It's going to be hot this week. Bye for now.